Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Sox fans, that don't stop believing intro. Oh, it's not ironic. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. It's podcast number 101. We got quite a crew. Not the best time to have a podcast, but it's been a while. I've been off on another coast. I'm back now. My voice is back. I didn't dress in my tux the way I promised for podcast 100, uh, but I came close. I'm trying to be a little formal. All right, let's go around. We got uh, five other guests. I'm Brett Valentine, lucky enough to host this podcast some 100 odd times. It's 101 now on the heels of a rough homestand. Uh, two and four, I believe. I lose track. So many losses. Uh, but the uh, icebreaker to begin this podcast is going to be, <laughs> and I can give you the numbers, Crystal. But first up is Crystal O'Keefe representing half of the Indianapolis field office. And I would like to know, Crystal, at this point in the season, we are now one-fifth over. Yes, I know it's real early, but one-fifth is off of the schedule now. How would you amend your White Sox wins prediction? If I recall, you're at 99. Yeah, so I'm going to just not cheer for the White Sox anymore and not pay any attention to them. And I am just going to join Mr. OK and Happy Land and go full on Mets. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give them they're going to win 45 games. 
<laughs> we've got drama. We've got drama in this podcast. Uh, Adrian Serrano, uh, homebound, <clears throat> fedbound, back at work, back writing for us again. He's back, healthy, strong, superhero. I don't recall. I, Crystal, I had to pick on you because I think you're the high person in this podcast. Darren Black, a uh, hundred, <laughs> so even rougher. Uh, but uh, Adrian, I don't remember prediction, but what would you amend it to at this moment? I think I put him in 92, basically saying like it was going to be last year, but slightly worse. And I think we're on track for that. Um, I think to 92, they'd need to go something like 24 games above 500 from this point out, which is doable because Cleveland's really not good. You know, we're making them look like they're hanging in this race. Uh, They're not really that good. Uh, Detroit is going to play better at some point this year, but they're not playing well. So like you've got a lot of games against winnable opponents like still. So it's not impossible once Lance Slim comes back and like the pitching staff has looked pretty strong mostly. So like if they could score even four runs a game, you know, we might have a, something here. So I don't think they'll be, you know, they're going to probably end up somewhere between 88 and 92. So I think I'm going to leave mine at 92 and hope for the best be positive. I, I love the vibe, Adrian, as the dour host, I got to point out, everybody keeps saying, you know, oh man, we hit, <laughs> forget everybody. Steve Stone is saying, hey man, the Yankees are really hot right now. Here's the problem when you're playing some of those teams, you're helping them be hot. You're helping them stay hot. It is sort of the way it goes. So, I mean, I, I love where you're at, where it's like, hey, you know, 24 games are 500 and we're making Cleveland look great. Well, let's hope at some point we stop making Cleveland look like a real major league baseball team. The other half of the Indianapolis field office is super Joe Reese's and Joe, again, don't recall where you're at preseason, but where are you at now with the White Sox and the wind over? Yeah. And the preseason I was at 91 and 71 and uh, so dour. that's downright dour. Yes. It was less than most people on our staff for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I would say it, it's fallen a little bit, um, but not a huge amount. I mean, you know, 16 and 17, that's roughly three games worse than I would have thought that they would be at this point of the season. So yeah, I, I'll bump them down to 88 from 91. Uh, yeah. I, I do think that there will have an extended sort of hot streak. Um, and that'll, that'll last more, more than like sort of the hot week that we saw um, lately, you know, um, you know, that's, you know, right around when they faced the Cubs, um, the Cubs, I thought, you know, that would, that would kind of be the beginning of a super long hot streak. I thought like we'd look back on them and be like, okay, yes, we could pinpoint that moment as, you know, that series at Wrigley as the moment that they fixed the season. But yeah, I, I do think they will have a, a, some point this summer, a long hot streak and they'll get back to, um, I, I, I would lean ever so slightly toward they still win the division. Um, yeah, the, Twins, of course, are doing better than I, I would have thought, but I, I it, it's a lot closer than I would like it to be and too close for comfort, certainly. But yeah, Outlook hasn't changed a great deal, despite how much of a roller coaster this first month or so has been. Extended intro necessary here. Cleverly evaded predicting White Sox win totals. Clever fellow here. You may know him from the north side socks pod you may also know him from a podcast he hosted which i think at least the subtitle is hey man don't get so bummed out it's just the white socks um but that sort of therapy session oh i'm guessing there'll be future episodes it's sam sherman joining us so sam 
be honest here. Tell me what you would have predicted the White Sox to win and how would it change now? Oh, you could just spin some fiction. Yeah, I mean, uh, I you know, going into the season, I, I don't, I'm not really a big predictions person, but I, I'll say that, you know, I thought they were going to be similar to last season, but I wasn't really thinking about the regular season. I was thinking about how they perform, you know, in the postseason. Um, we saw how they performed in the postseason last year. They did nothing. They lost Carlos Rodon. You know, they didn't, they made some very minor additions. I sort of went into this season thinking, well, I'm sure they'll have a similar year um, in the regular season. Nothing makes me think that they're going to, uh, going into the year, have any better results in the postseason this year. Um, and as the season started, now I'm concerned about that regular season success that I was sort of already penciling in. Um, you know, I, I would still put them in the high 80s uh, ultimately because. They're going to beat bad team. I mean, what do they have five games against the Royal four or five games against the Royals this week? I, I'm sure they'll, um, you know, they'll take care of business there. Uh, I think for me, a lot of my apathy so far in the early going of the season is just that what are we playing for ultimately? Um, you know, maybe we win the division, but we just saw what happens when you go up against a team that's actually a world series contending team, or at least a deep playoff run contending team. And, uh, and I think this will continue happening um, throughout the season when, when they face, uh, you know, better opponents. I hate to have to check my delightful, fresh guest, Sam Sherman. But, you know, let's just not assume it's going to be an easy series. We couldn't beat the Royals in a series just, oh, God, mere like days or sheer weeks ago. So let's hope they turn around. They can maybe take four or five. But, boy, that's a bold prediction. Tommy Barbie. Uh, last year you had the bizarre prediction of, like, like, 28 wins, but they're going to still win the division. This year, I think you were a little hardy in your prediction, but I, again, I don't have it in front of me. Adrian's our numbers man, but uh, how, how's it changed? Yeah, I, I had them at 96 wins this year. And I kind of basically what I thought was going to happen last year is happening this year, which is odd because usually you know, I, I was going into it thinking between the uh, pressure, the Tony La Russa situation, it was just going to be kind of like it would take some time for the team to gel. And it seems like the opposite is happening where last year, everything that was clicking and working in the Sox favor is now just kind of, this is probably what the team would have looked like if it weren't for your mean hitting 580 with 20 home runs in the month of May. So I, it, it, I don't know that I would change my prediction because I still think that there, there's enough time for the Sox to pat their stats and pat their wins once we get into June and July and the teams that are just not really that competitive now flat out stop trying and they start trotting out their minor leaguers but i i still i have the Sox winning by three games i still think that's pretty much where it's going to be with how good the twins have looked so far this year but that's kind of where i'm at so in other words uh tommy your pocket schedule uh, uh headline right now would be uh, White Sox baseball 2022. We're just waiting for the other teams to stop trying. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Right, reasonable. Tony stopped trying. He might as well wait for the other teams <laughs> to stop trying. Do you happen to like tweet out for White Sox talk podcast or whatever it is? Yeah. Oh, don't NBC, say that. NBC what White they, Sox. Yeah. They say something similar. No, it was the whole, oh, we're just waiting for the other teams. Oh, yeah. Oh, Are no. you? 
on their social media team. <laughs> yeah, no. I did. I, I, I was talking. I was talking about that the other day, and it's like that's kind of like now what's the sinking feeling? Like the worst thing the Sox could do this season is just kind of let Minnesota hang around long enough because Minnesota actually has the prospects to go out Absolutely. and get starting pitching if they decide to test it this year, and if they feel like they could compete this year, they would. You know, like so, like the best thing they could have done is come out early playing well and like let Minnesota fall behind and have everybody just, you know, trade everything away like they did last year to make it look like they ran away with the division, but really just Cleveland stopped trying because four of their five pitchers got hurt and, you know, but I up. mean, that's, that's even what happened in the off season. I mean, it was like nothing from indication in terms of anything happening in Minnesota. The Sox just sat on their hands and said, yeah, we like this team that we threw together and we like Vince Velasquez and, the twins are like, hey, let's go spend some money. So, I mean, it, it's already happened. I, it wouldn't surprise me if it happens again. Yeah, and Tommy, to your point, uh, we'll probably reference Zach Hayes, who is not with us here for this podcast, a couple different times. One of the things that he has been uh, hammering home all off season uh, and into the actual season here is that, you know, we cannot expect the magic, truly the magic. I mean, that's what happens when you, you come out of nowhere and win 93 games, right? Under Tony La Russa is a lot of things have to go right. And last year, for all the injuries, all those guys who stepped up did brilliantly. I think he even cobbled them all to collectively into essentially about a 600 at-bat season. It was just off the charts in terms of what, you know, Sheets, Vaughn, you know, uh, Goodwin, you know, throw them all out there did. And we knew that. What are, the, what are the odds? There's no magic beans that they're feeding, you know, the team, I don't think, in the clubhouse before games uh, to get this kind of crazy overproduction uh, from the club. So you knew that was going to take a step back, and that was that's going to knock a couple wins, you know, right off the docket <sighs> right there. Hey, as the low person among the predictors, the one guy who didn't predict into the playoffs last year, and idiot I am, I was the low man at 90, and uh, for this season, uh, predicted wins. Nobody predicted anything lower than 90. So even Tommy Barbie stepped up and said, they're not going to win 25, they're going to win 96. Uh, I don't know personally how, how I would change it. It does not seem like they're necessarily even going to get to 90. This seems like some a, a division is going to be won by something in the uh, 80s, uh, which I guess gives us hope because that's another thing that Zach in just his column uh, before Friday's game, his pregame column pointed out, hey, listen, the White Sox still have the best chance uh, best odds for the playoff in the division, although who knows how that's changed, losing three out of four to the Yankees. Uh, it's it's Everybody's expectations are lower now. Uh, probably nobody's going to necessarily crack 90 wins, in spite of what any of your answers uh, were. Uh, and that still gives the White Sox a good chance to be a playoff team. What it does do is have to reset our expectations for the championship run, World Series favorites, as I think by this season we are hoping to step up into. That seems like a very, very distant goal at this point. Uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, come right back and just talk until the tape runs out about how happy we are to be White Sox fans. To a man, to a woman. Uh, we'll be back in a minute. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, White Sox fans, the minute is over. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging with us. We are talking White Sox, and you came back. You're still listening. God bless you. That must make you either 
not terribly, terribly bright, bright or really dedicated White Sox fans. Thank you for being with us. My name is Brett Valentin. I'm hosting Mothership Podcast number 101, the delightful group of Southside Sox staff writers, podcasters, illustrators, rabble rousers, tweeters, at all. Uh, okay, hold on. Let me run some numbers. I like to do this. You have to sit and listen to it. Sorry. 16 and 17, the White Sox are right now. Only three games behind the Minnesota Twins, who are wounded like the White Sox. The whole division's wounded. Uh, season's fifth over. <laughs> it's early. It's a fifth over. Uh, 129 games left. White Sox will need to play 600 ball, nearly 600 ball, to get to 93 wins of last year. Looking more and more distant in the through the windshield. 77 and 52, White Sox have to finish to get to 93 wins. Crystal, I hate to tell you, 83 and 46 to get to 99 wins. But yeah, you're a Mets fan. You abandoned this podcast. You're a Mets fan. Sorry for all the assignments and all the writing you have to do the rest of the season. As a Mets fan. <laughs> uh, hey, Tony LaRusse is doing a great job this year. If you just look at it by run differential, this team should be 13 and 20. Uh, that's three games worse than they actually are. He's got the magic this year. Just a year late, but he has got the magic. Um, Projected, if you look at run differential, I know it's early run differential. Who cares? It's stupid, whatever. Well, last year, we were crowing about how they're going to be a 100-win team based on the run differential. So we got to suit it up this year, too. And right now, they are 64-98 and 98 team based on... I have, a, I have a fun stat for that if you want to get bummed Adrian, out right from lay, the start. Oh, come on. Bum me out, man. So if if you take away the April 10th game against Detroit, where they won 10-1, to 1, they... <laughs> In their in their fifteen other victories, they are averaging less than two runs per victory. Like so, the, the the difference in winning is two less than two runs. So, like that's the slimmest margin they're running. Like they are literally like on the razor's edge. Like a couple a couple worse pitching performances here and there, and they could have really gone south because this offense is just putrid. Um, I know people are kind of still just rallying around Jose that he's going to be him and he might be by the end, but like even last year when he was kind of struggling and your mean was carrying the team early on, like he still was like well over a hundred and weighted runs created plus like he's like down in the eighties. Now he's well below an average player at this point. And that's the center of your lineup. And he's out there. I mean, Tony finally wisened up and moved him back to four, but like, I think he might need to keep kind of sliding until he gets his feet back under him, um, you know, down six, seven, eight, and let the guys that are playing well get some time up there. That's, that's La Russa, baby. That is La Russa, the ace, the Hall of Fame man. He is just, he's squeezing wins out of stone. Um, let's speak to that for a second here, though. Is this team what it appears to be? I mean, really... Let's sit down and think about what this team is. We can say Eloy Jimenez is out. Well, Adam Engel's playing pretty well. I mean, okay, we're not going to equate the two, but it's not, he's not a five-war player. It's not out of the realm that if Engel's playing every day, he's giving you essentially all around close to what Eloy would give you. Uh, Luis Robert, is he going to give you a whole lot more than what he's giving you right, which is awesome. Jose Abreu, it's not going to get better for him. I mean, if you go down the roster, it's not as if the whole team's like playing possum and, you know, there is this big explosion to come. Am I wrong there? Uh, you can shout me down. Uh, where are you feeling in terms of what this team is even capable of doing? Clearly, they're capable, capable of playing better. Game under 500 is ridiculous and insulting. But is the next gear, do they have a fifth gear? I mean, right now, they're running around like the second gear. Do they have a fifth gear? I don't think they do right now. Tim Anderson is leading in errors with, I think it was like nine now. 
Jose Abreu is only getting older and is slumping. Ismani Grandal has has not been able to do anything so far this season. At least he used to walk, like he's barely doing that. And then, he doesn't catch anymore. So. Yeah, he's he's like he's just not doing anything. And then those lineups are so inconsistent. I mean, I get that people need time off to like recover after an injury, but why was Moncada not in today? Like, why? That this just it didn't make any sense. We could have at least had some power. And you know, you can't. I'm sorry, you can't blame today's loss on Michael Kopech. He's been killing it but there's been no offense to back any of these people up. When Dallas Keuchel is the only one that can win in this series, you're in some serious trouble. Like there's no offense anywhere. If Adam Engel is the only one to get a home run today, then you're pretty sad. He's giving you those ELO numbers. Um, Adam, uh, uh, Adrian, just sitting back, just raking it in. Dallas Keuchel, baby. Hey, listen, man. He's he's got a new nickname. He's got a new nickname. It's Dally W. <laughs> and he and he uh after every game he's got something to say about his dad. all the time and it's like dude you you know you you pitch you pitch well and, and he's like oh i wanted to go another inning it's like go fuck yourself i'm sorry it's just <laughs> I, yeah. i'm so sick of him i'm so sick of him and and, and it's just like he, he's i don't know what his motivations are on the white Sox. i guess yeah i guess it well right exactly yeah. Yeah, but that but he's acting like it. I mean, he's acting like it. Oh yeah, he's not really making any bones about it. It's like, man, I got to get to 160 because I, I can pay. Right. So yeah, yeah, and uh, so I'm sorry, I, I just put the explicit warning on our podcast. <laughs> How mad do you think he was though that Kopech went six today? Like, do you think he's like fuming inside somewhere? Because I would be. I mean, Always. as it is, he he almost blew the you know. Sorry, Adrian. I mean, he almost blew the game. He did you know he packed the bases. Yeah, I mean, under the corners. It's did. not like he he was he was no hit through five. Yeah, no. It's like basically he he pulled himself even with Velasquez. They're like the same pitcher this year. Like so, that's your fourth and fifth starters are just like both five and a half starters. You know, they're like five six guys. <clears throat> and I just shed a tiny tear every time I see a Carlos Rodon tweet about how he's like uh, setting a record for strikeouts or he's got he had a bad day already. today. Oh, hooray! Oh, gosh. Well, then they shouldn't have offered. Yeah, it was they shouldn't, shouldn't have given that qualifying offer. Oh, Rick Hahn, you're, you're such a Genius. clever devil. Um, okay, so no, let's get back to this roster, too. Now, now, at some point, I mean, at some point, the ties are going to have to turn. We're all going to have to settle and say, okay, well, uh, you know, Aloy Jimenez is an average player. He's a slightly above average player with a great big smile. Uh, Yasmina Grandal is, um, you know, on the downside of his career. Uh, Jose Abreu will not come back to the White Sox. I mean, granted, we'll get ahead of ourselves, but there's still space for this team to fulfill even its 93-win potential, uh, however unrealistic 77 wins the rest of the way is. Um, is there a likelihood that the White Sox find that gear? Crystal's answer, and she has said no, and I am – I am going to Nushe, a city, whatever, whatever it is. That that's where I'm hanging out now. Uh, the the rest of the uh, the rest of the field here, uh, you know, what's realistic? Is this team what it is? Ninety three wins is definitely unlikely at this point, uh, but it, I don't think it's a doom and gloom where sort of situation where they're going to be you know, having this poor of an uh, offensive stat line, you know, throughout the season. I mean, you know, six thirty six OPS. Um, it, after play on Sunday, um, that's 
very bad, even even accounting for the the dead ball. Uh, I don't think that will continue, especially as the weather you know heats up. Um, ball will carry a little bit more. Um, I, I think um, so maybe a few of those warning track flyouts will will leave the park um, as the summer moves on. Um, that'll at least help a little bit. Um, and I think you know, Yasmani had one today where I think maybe with a different baller with, um, I don't know, perhaps better conditions, it maybe would have um, gotten out of the park. That was, you know, he nearly followed up Angle's solo blast with a, another solo blast, but didn't quite get out. So I think as the summer goes on, maybe a few of those will, will work in the White Sox favor. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think Jose will stay in a slump forever either. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, there, there's a lot of room for improvement just because there are some sort of like players who have kind of been like almost a black hole on the roster up to this point, like you know, Abreu Grandal, we've already mentioned. Um, Reese McGuire has gotten a ton of playing time and his OPS is barely above 300. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot of, there are a lot of kind of weak links on the offense right now. So I think it can be easy for them to at least improve on those as the summer goes on. And that, that can make a big difference. White Sox baseball, 2022 Reese McGuire got a ton of playing time. Uh, other thoughts on whether this roster is really uh, all we were uh, hyped up to believe it was. Does anybody know without looking who's number four on the team in OPS right now? Uh, uh, Dylan Cease. No, that's uh, it's Danny Mendick. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's embarrassing. <laughs> they have, I think they have four or five guys over 700 and Danny's one of them. Uh, it's, it's been rough. Like, yeah, AJ Pollock had like a couple good days, the first two games of the season. And he has been kind of a whole, he has not been good defensively either. Honestly, him and Gavin Sheets defensively have been about the same out there. Um, so I think if they're going to find another level, like you can't bet on the guys coming back, carrying you. Like Mankata playing pretty well coming off, like, but that's rare. Like, you can't expect these guys to come back from injury successfully. You have to be able to try to do some stuff before they get back and have them help on top of the positive momentum. I think just waiting for them to be the positive momentum is the worst thing that they could do as a team. So, you know, I know Tony doesn't like to, you know, play against the percentages, but like, you might have to let Gavin Sheets, he's had some good at-bats against lefties. Like, you might have to just let him be out there and see if he can, you know, get one a game. If he can hit one homer and, you know, look terrible the other three at-bats, that's more effective than whatever, you know, Hare, Josh Harrison or A.J. Pollock or any of these other guys are giving you right now. So you need to score runs. So you need to just make some concessions to give guys chances who are producing. I guess it's fair not to trash the roster too badly because obviously they're playing way under potential so it's not fair to say like well if Yohan Moncada just plays the way we expect him to how much difference that make how it's going to make a huge difference because the team has absolutely sucked their OPS is 10 so I mean you know of course just play to your capabilities but again Yohan comes back and plays we about know what he is now I don't he has not got a special extra gear that's going to make him MVP uh Tim is what he is and, and certainly you know defensively you know boy so you know you just wonder where that uh, kick is going to be uh uh Tommy Sam um uh, hope for us here uh are you just sort of going to lay low maybe pick another team like you know the Mets or something to follow a little more closely for a while until uh, things warm up with this team no I mean I think it this is to me where Tony La Russa builds his new shrine for himself because if he is the mastermind that he likes to think that he is that everyone wants him to be you gotta adjust your game plan 
And he hasn't shown an ability to do that. And that's true on the lineup. That's true in the bullpen management, just across the board. And I mean, so that's why, you know, I, I wrote that piece about lineup construction. I did it based on who's hitting line drives because just the, you know, sheer fly ball, let's go for launch angle that's not going to work with these new dead balls like that. It really isn't. And the teams that are being more successful, you see that they're starting to take that small ball approach, which I hate saying, but that's what they're doing. They are sacrificing the runner. You're seeing more stolen bases. You're seeing guys try to apply pressure on defenders. And when Jose Abreu is beating it into the ground every single time, you need to have better guys ahead of him drop him further down in the lineup so you at least give yourself a chance and then when he gets hot great you move him back up but that's those are the kinds of changes that we're not seeing from tony larusa just yet i'm hoping that it happens sooner rather than later since he is speaking out or against all. guys <laughs> like keichel but maybe maybe he's just going to sit back and wait and see what happens Am I crazy? Hold on. Can I just jump in here? Am I crazy that Tony Lewis is saying that as nice as it is that it seems like, okay, wow, he put his glasses on and he saw a situation for what it is for once. He was the guy who kept running out the third time against the order and he was consistently yeah. steadfastly doing that. I get that. He's like, okay, just check yourself, Keiko. Enough is enough. But I mean, he, yeah. he contributed it's, to that problem. Last he did. Absolutely. People, people piggybacked on that whole thing because it's Keuchel and they kind of have a chip on their shoulder about Keuchel, but like Giolito's had that same conversation about Tony before. And Tony's also talking about history about Keuchel, but like we just had a history discussion about Byron Buxton the other day. And like, well, we were going to ignore all that history because we got him out earlier today. Like, well, then that means that Dallas was looking good earlier today. So you should roll with them. Right. Like, like whatever Tony says, there's something that he said or done exactly the opposite of that. At some Absolutely. Point. Yeah. And I mean, that's what I found funny about the whole Keiko situation, because honestly, I think they're both correct. There are some times where Tony should let guys go further into a game to save his bullpen. And there's other times where it's like, yeah, no, he doesn't have it. You need to take him out. And he's just sitting in the dugout. So, I mean, I, I think that there are valid points both ways, but there have been as close as the wins have been this year for the White Sox all year there've been a lot of situations where you don't need five, six relievers coming into a game just to make it through nine innings of baseball. That's absurd. Like that's not sustainable, no matter who you have. Um, Sam, it's not quite the final word, but uh, I'm going to give you a chance to inject us with any um, hope here in terms of what this roster can do, what this lineup can do. Uh, Clearly this team has forgotten how to hit even though for a while there they were putting, and maybe still, I don't know, I've lost, lost track, I don't care anymore, but X-Velocity was strong, at least at the start of the season, just weren't dropping. Um, there's reason to believe there could be a, a finishing kick in this team through the last four-fifths of the season. There's still a lot of season left. It's a long season, but uh, how are you feeling about it? And you, you think there's a decent chance of uh, White Sox stepping up into what, what we think they should be? Again, I think for the regular season, absolutely. Um, and I expect that. Um, but... Uh, one quick thing on Larusa is I just remember when he was hired and I was talking to my dad and my dad was saying, cause I was curious, you know, cause I, I had never followed Larusa's career really as a manager and my dad being older and having, you know, obviously back when he was originally with the Sox and then through his Cardinals time and all that. And my dad said, 
the thing with Larissa is if it works, it works. But if it doesn't, he's going to do it his way and he doesn't care about anything else. And it's, he's He'll go down with the ship, you know, doing it, uh, his way, uh, you know, and it's going to be, cause he's got to do it the way that Tony's got to do it. And I think we're seeing that and I'm seeing that, you know, every, every game where it's like, and we're seeing these themes, we're seeing these things happen and everyone's like, well, why is he doing this? Or why is he doing this? It's like, well, there may not, there may be reasons for it. There may not be reasons for it, but there's one thing for sure. He's not going to change because anybody wants him to, um, what, you know, forget about the fans. I'm not expecting coach, you know, managers to listen to fans, but I don't think he's going to care what Rick Hahn says. I don't think he's going to care what anybody in the front office, what uh, people on the team, Dallas Keuchel, Lucas Giolito, whatever. Um, so back to the original question, as far as, you know, are they going to find another gear? Uh, yes, but I'm just going to keep going back to it. Um, I, I, worry to I worry about the point in the season when um, they kind of you know maybe take back over the division and they maybe get a comfortable lead possibly and then you start to see the people you know just coming out and saying oh look what were we all worried about it's like well we weren't worried about the regular season we we all thought they were going to make the playoffs yeah. we thought they were going to win the division yeah. so yeah. if they do those things um, you know we'll see what happens at the deadline I don't think we have any reason to believe that they're going to, um, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I, so, yes, will they find a gear in the regular season? Absolutely. But they have not given me any reason to believe that, the, that they won't, that, that they're not just going to be another quick, very, very quick exit. In the- no, but you know, Tony had that 83 and 81 team that won the world series. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's what we're kind of, we're just waiting on that. He's going to just stick to that. Okay. Speed round. So I got a little more time, but speed round. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna reverse it this time. So Tommy Barbie, you're up first. Uh, will um, um, Will Steve Stone block you on Twitter this season? Oh, probably. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sam. Uh, probably not because I've I've wanted him to block me, but I haven't tried to because I just I just find him so incredibly annoying on Twitter. So I wanted to like tweet at him before, just being like, please just block me, like with no <laughs> reason, because I'm sure he would. Um, cause I, I tweeted at him like a year or two years ago and I said, like, um, like I love you or something. And he, and he, then he said, uh, he said something like yikes or something like that. So, but I didn't get the block. So, uh, no, I don't think so, but, yes. but I wouldn't mind if he did. This coming from the playboy centerfold Steve Stone. Okay. Uh, Joe is, is Steve Stone going to block? I'm going to go with no. I, I'm just not really active enough with the pessimistic takes on Twitter. I, and especially it's, it's very uncommon for me to um, reply to, I guess, I, I guess big time accounts, like verified accounts. Um, I guess I, 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 it would be pretty unlikely, I would say. Not, he not only will not block you, he will, he will invite you to one of his favorite Scottsdale eateries. That's awesome, Joe. Uh, and you'll have to uh, tell us about it and write about it. Uh, Adrian Serrano, will Steve Stone block you? He won't, but that's just because I don't bother with him. Like, he's just like, he's another one. He's just going to do it his way and he's going to ignore reality. And like, that's fine. You got fired from the Cubs for being too truthful. So he's never going to go down that road again. He's going to ride into the sunset with his team. So He's he is what he is. He's just that old man thinking of I'm right, you're wrong. 
And that sound you hear is Adrian getting blocked right now. Yeah, really. Now he, he like he will search his name. There's people that are getting blocked that aren't tweeting at him, but he I think he's searching his name. So if you're going to talk about him, just uh, misspell his name a little bit, and then he can't find it because so he's not that technologically advanced. So in spite of his claims, he's more technically uh, technologically advanced than say I don't know my father who just clicks on everything that gives him a virus, so he just gives up. Uh, Crystal Keith, will Steve Stone block you this year? No, I'm actually nice on twitter compared to like real life so i also just don't bother with him also i'm a girl someone's blocking her real life just i've seen some (laughs) of the things he's followed and liked in the past so i think i'm good well i i'm so proud i'm already blocked uh for (laughs) daring to say that i don't know he's he's treating trevor bauer differently because oh i don't know because of his complexion. I oh, didn't like that. He didn't like that. I and, am and, and blocked by Trevor. Oh, well, good. And his agent. <laughs> ah, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, okay. In case any of you listeners, any of you dear, dear listeners, readers. Oh, thank you. Thank you for, again, staying with us and hanging out for the entirety of podcast 101. In case you think we're too negative. Some of you out there think we, we are. We're not, but. White Sox, you might even think you are. We know you're listening. Uh, Our esteemed panel has cited such things as the Heat, Cleveland giving up, uh, Kansas City being Kansas City, uh, Lance Lynn coming back, Lance Lynn, who is still probably not svelte, uh, Lance Lynn coming back, the dead ball, and Tony LaRusso waking up out of his year and a half slumber as reasons why the White Sox will kick it into some other gear and play like we've expected them to play and the way that Rick Hahn promised they would play at some point during this fabled window of contention. So if you think we tend to be a little too dour, I mean, come on, that's borderline fairy tale stuff right there cited in this very podcast. Not calling anybody out here on this panel because you're all great, but you know we're we're hoping we're pushing. We'll buy that second helmet nachos if we think it's going to push this team uh, closer to the 90 win uh, threshold. Thanks, panel, for being part of this podcast. Not an easy one after that great win streak, and then <laughs> dropping four of six on a homestand and a month of May that looks a little less tough than it was going to be but still pretty tough. Uh, we're going to be talking at the end of the month with Lance Lynn still probably not pitching and the White Sox are still probably going to be hovering around 500. We're going to have a lot more of these types of discussions. I'm afraid to say, sorry, listeners, keep tuning in. We have fun. Hey, listen, man, Sam Sherman showed up this time. Come on. You don't know who's going to show up. Sam, this time, who knows who could be next? Or maybe Sam's going to stick with us forever in between the therapy sessions. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, panel, for hanging out. We're going to fade it out again with Don't Stop Believing, because why not? What choice we got? We're not going to stop believing. Uh, hang with us. We'll be back with 102 sooner than you can.